This podcast is designed for you to discover more about who you are, to challenge your old adopted beliefs, and to expand your awareness at what's really possible. I'm Adam Esco, and this is The Unspoken Agreements. What's on the other side of the unknown? What's on the other side of fear? You know, I just had a conversation with my cousin a couple days ago, and he shared with me that he was about to go skydiving with his girlfriend. And he was pretty jazzed about it. And I, she was there too, and I was asking her, and she was terrified. And they asked me, they said, is that something that you'd want to do? You should do it. You would love it. And if you had asked me this up to three years ago, so for the first 33 years of my life, I would have said skydiving was 100% not going to happen. Not now, not ever. And now I would say it is not out of the realm of possibility. Do I want to go skydiving right now? No, not really. Is it something that the door is kind of cracked open to and I'm like kind of curious about? Yes, absolutely. Why? Because I am noticing that there is something really, really exciting on the other side of fear. There's something expansive. And I like that feeling. My wife and I, a couple days ago, uh, so after the conversation with my cousin, I was like, oh, yeah, well, we're going, we're going ziplining um, for our anniversary eight years today, by the way. Shout out to you, babe. Love you. Eight years today, anniversary, uh, and we were going ziplining. And she planned this activity, so I had no idea. There was no, I wasn't even thinking about it, honestly. I was just excited to have some one-on-one time with her to get away for the day. Uh, we had you know, a babysitter lined up for our kids, so this was just a win altogether. So in my mind beforehand, I was like, oh, we'll go ziplining. There's going to be one little line. We'll go down, and uh, then we'll have the rest of the day to, to hang. And we had some other things planned. So we get to the the zip line park and we're getting geared up and we're in a group of eight people and they said, okay, this is going to take about two hours. And I'm like, what? This is like no joke. We're actually going to do this. We're going to be zip line for two hours. And then they're starting to talk about like if there's fear coming up, this is what the instructors and the guides are saying. Like some of you may notice that there is um, some fear coming up to you. How's everyone feeling? They're kind of checking in with the, the eight person group. And to me, I got a sense of like excitement. Um, and I got to give you a little bit of backstory here. G- growing up, I was and potentially still am terrified of heights like i didn't like heights uh, i didn't i didn't, i was one of the no riders we'd go to the uh, amusement park every year and i was the person just watching everyone going on the roller coaster and like i would have like the no fun i it would take a lot of courage for me to go on the swings like that's how afraid i was of heights of rides uh, i didn't remember liking the drop so like again going back to the the skydiving thing like when someone's asking me to go skydiving like dude i could barely go on a roller coaster and then in college, um, I w- had a girlfriend, and we had a group of people. This is like early on in college, go to an amusement park, 
And I remember everyone's like, okay, we're going on roller coasters. And to me, I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not going on roller coasters. But there was so much peer pressure. I was like, fine, I'm going to try it. I like, I went and followed the social norms. I fell into the peer pressure. And I remember thinking, wow, this was so much fun. I had been not doing this for years. And yes, it was scary, but it was a ton of fun. And that's what I'm talking about on the other side of fear for me, because to me in my mind was, oh, this is all the things that could possibly go wrong from you going on a roller coaster. This is all of the, um, whatever my mind was saying to keep me from doing that. It saw it as a terrifying thing, the heights, the fear, the speed, the drops. Um, what if something happens? All that nonsense. And then I finally stepped in and went on like, I don't know, maybe four or five roller coasters that day when before I had gone on maybe one or zero, like none. Um, I don't even know the one I went on. It was probably just like a kiddie roller coaster, probably for kids. And I was probably like 16 that went on it. So anyway, that was an exciting time. Then you feel what happens when you actually do something you're afraid of. You start feeling expansive. You start feeling like, oh man, I have belief around that I could actually do that again. And so anyway, back to present days, right? So we're at the zipline park. The instructors are checking in with us and they're like, how's everyone feeling? You know, uh, we're going to be going up, walking up to this first bridge here where we're going to take our first zipline. And to me, I didn't really know what to expect. There was no you know, anxiety, there was no fear of like very little more excitement, which I was really excited about, like, um, just being able to experience this without having the fear consume me and just having to get through it. I was like, Oh, I'm in it. Uh, and I am up. So we walk up this ladder to the first bridge where we're going to take our first zip line. And the first, uh, line extends probably 175 feet. So I don't know what that is. Maybe half of football field. Don't quote me on that. And you look at, you can't see the end of it. It's through the tree. So you're in the woods. There's these beautiful tall green trees about 70 degrees out, cloudy. Like the conditions were perfect. They were perfect. It was so sweet. And we're up there and they're like, they actually recommended the instructors that you define what the order is and you're going to do the same order of people that go every time. And by the way, the way they navigated people's fear and anxiety, I was just watching them was beautiful. And these, these instructors were probably like 22 to 26 years old. There were two of them and they were terrific. And so I think what they were trying to do was to move the people who were afraid from the unknown in their mind to the known. And how did they do that? So the first thing they did was we went to this, um, this little practice zip line on the, like that was a couple feet from the ground. So you got to get the feel of how to break with your hand and how you where your feet should be. They should be crossed. You should be leaning back. So you get to practice a little bit so that when you actually get up and do your first one, you know what to do. It's safe. By the way, speaking of that, that just came up. They used intentionally, I am sure this was intentional. They were saying the word safe and smooth, like repeatedly. So repeatedly, this is how I know they were so good at what they do, because it's not just that they were good at the physical latching in, getting your clips set up, getting the equipment right. 
their use of the language and and managing the, the mind and the psychology was brilliant. They used the word so that you could have a safe and smooth ride. Like, I can't even tell you how many times they repeated that. So kudos to them. So we walk up to our first plank, to the first um, tower, what it was, and the platform. And my wife and I decided to go last. Actually, we really didn't. We, we let everyone else everyone else go because we noticed there was a lot of first timers here also and um there was a lot of anxiety there so people had the the ability to choose and have a little bit of control on when they wanted to go and so when when they're up there you're seeing a couple people just really break down in fear um and at that point it's just uh trying to to quiet the mind and build up support so this was supposed to be the easiest of the five zip lines we went on but when you're up there for the first time your perspective is that this seems you don't know what's going to happen there's no because it's your first time there's nothing in the memory bank to say that this is going to be safe for you so it's still so unknown and for some people that unknown can feel really really scary and you're watching that that fear getting expressed and people breathing quickly, um, kind of panicking with their words. And the way that the instructors and the way that our group really supported one another um, was really a beautiful thing to watch. So thankfully, everyone decided on their own terms to go and get through the first zip line. And then we're up there on a, a small plank. And as we're going through the course, all of the zip lines so all the the places where you take off to land get increasingly longer like the first one was 175 or some feet then it goes to 275 then 375 then finally it goes to like 675 feet like a really long amazing um what do you call it? a little long takeoff and course and what's so funny is the very last one the very last one, the fifth ride, was the same length as the very first one. But after, when you're, so I remember, uh, this is what the instructor was saying, it's like, how long do you think this one is? And everyone's kind of guessing how long it is, and they're saying uh, 80 feet. So the guess was like 80 feet, 100 feet, someone said 125 feet, and he goes, it's 175 feet or whatever it really was. I think it was 175. So he says it's 175 feet. And everyone's like, wow, okay. And he's like, do you know something? That is actually the same length as your very first zip line today. And this was like an hour and a half ago. And we're all like, wow, that's really interesting. And why was that so interesting? It was because when we were up at that very first zip line, and we didn't know what to expect. It felt so scary. It also felt very long. And now for the people that had gone through this and overcome their fear and built up that confidence and belief that they could do it, that they could survive, that they could be safe. Then when we finally got to that very last platform and looked down at that last ride, it felt so doable. It felt uh, a lot safer and it also felt shorter our perspective had shifted so much. The first one felt so long, so impossible, so scary. And the last one felt so short, so safe, so doable. 
So I think that was a really, really interesting uh, analogy to see what happens when you come on the other side of the unknown, when you get on the other side of your fear, how much that does for your internal self-belief, for your confidence. And I was thinking, well, how can that be related to all the work that I do with my clients? How could that be related to the work, the inner work I do for myself? And one of the things I do with my clients is we usually start off by um, getting like three big goals that we want to accomplish during our coaching, during the, the breath of the coaching that we do. And these are usually like big goals. Sometimes there are things that people feel like they could achieve. Sometimes not. Sometimes they're like, I don't know how this is going to be possible or I don't really have um, anything in my memory bank to show that this is something that I could do. So it's like this unknown thing. It kind of seems somewhat possible, but maybe somewhat impossible too. So this is so relative to that. So what? how do you start shifting from... If you so if you listening label something in the next three, six, nine, twelve months, something that you want, something that you want to accomplish, something that you want to be, do, or have, that's where you gotta start getting clear on what that is. And if it's something that you don't see how it's going to happen, because you don't have any proof that it's happened before and you don't have necessarily the confidence or belief that around having that. Sometimes just chunking down, starting small, getting on that first platform and just getting in the game and starting could shift your perspective. You're going to build up some momentum there. And how do you do that? So how do you actually do that? Well, one thing that you could do is put block off some time in your calendar. Once you define what it is that you want, just chunk it down. What's the very first thing that I could do or learn about or ask someone that has done it? What, where can I start? Where is it that I have a little bit of confidence around that I could actually start or learn about and start there and actually block it off on your calendar? Maybe it's an hour, maybe it's two hours, maybe it's a half a day, maybe it's a full day. Maybe it's two different spots. That's up to you. But start by actually making the commitment that you are going to begin and put that in your calendar and then actually go out and do whatever it is that you're going to do to move a little bit forward. Or maybe it's having, like I said, a conversation with someone that's done it before, that's achieved what it is that you're trying to achieve and scheduling a conversation with this person. That's a really, really useful thing to do, um, speaking with a mentor, an advisor, a coach, somebody that can help you shift your own belief around it. Because it's a belief game. This is all a belief game. It's shifting something that seems very difficult and not sure how to do it and don't have the answers to, oh, okay, well, now I know a little bit more, so it doesn't feel as scary. So I actually can do this, and I, I have clarity on what it is I need to do. That could be extremely valuable. So chunk it down, start where you could start. And then when you keep doing that repeatedly, you kind of go to the next thing, then the next thing, the next thing. Next thing you know, over a period of month, two months, three months, you look back, you look back at where you were and you say, wow, that like I remember feeling really scared about that. And now I feel like I could do that repeatedly. 
and I don't even necessarily know how I want, I'm going to do the next thing yet, but you start by doing the process, by continuing to schedule time to learn, to research, to do take action, to speak with people that have done it, you're building a very powerful muscle called your resourcefulness muscle. And the resourcefulness muscle is, I think, one of the, sh- the most important muscles and skills, really it's a skill that you could have, and anyone could have this. But it requires taking those jumps. It requires getting off the platform. It requires you get to get on the court and actually take small steps and chunk down and continue to move forward bit by bit. And then when you finally get up to that real long 675 jump, when you don't know exactly what it's like, you, you've built up that faith and belief around yourself that, hey, I don't know how to do this yet. I've never done this before, but I'm going to figure it out. Or I'm going to talk to someone that does know it. Or I, this is where I know I can research it now. Because you've already built that, that confidence up. So that's what I have to offer for you today. Um, first, getting clear on what you want. That's always where you want to start. You know, Finding clarity on where you want to move to with the idea that you could pivot at any time. Right? It's your choice. It's got to be personal to you, but it's your choice. Start somewhere. Start with where you are. And it's, if it feels unknown, if it feels scary, know that that's okay. Just chunk it down. Start with the one thing that you can do in this moment and keep following that guideline so that when you get to the end you look back and say wow i did all that and now i have total confidence that i could continue to do that and show up the way you want to show up go do it make it a great one hey everyone thanks so much for listening if you like what you heard please visit me at www.adamesco.com